1: So today I hope to remind you of the gospel from Exodus 27. Man, you could uh, well just to, to lay out kind of what happens before we do that. You have um, instructions for the altar of burn offering. You have the instructions for the courtyard. That, so there's going to be a courtyard in front of the tabernacle and around it. Um, that's in verses nine through nineteen, and it's very meticulous as well about how they're going to design that, how they're going to make that, what it's going to look like, and then finally there's a, a lampstand oil that the Israelites are going burning and Aaron and his sons are, are going to make sure that this uh, is continually burning for the people and but what I want to notice today is is just how and notice with me the train of events okay so you have the Ten Commandments Well, first you have God saving his people so God saves his people they receive the ten commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and then it goes into a list of how they should live right so God saved his people okay now you're my people here's how you live then God brings Moses up on this mountain and immediately the first thing he begins in giving instruction for is the tabernacle so God's saying "I, I want to dwell amongst you I want to be with my people which is a crazy thing to consider and a crazy thing to think about but that's what God is doing. I want to be really recreating Genesis 1 and 2, how it was intended to be before the fall. God with man and sin is not um, breaking against that, right? Um, And sin is not uh, destroying that relationship and anything like that. So God is with his people. And now you have in Exodus 27, as you follow that progression, the next thing that God goes to is this burnt offering. The next thing that God goes to is this altar that's going to be there. And what's amazing is if you follow this logically, what you're beginning to see is that God immediately is saying, if you're going to come into my presence, blood must be shed, which which sounds like an intense picture. I mean, let's just think about it, but let's start off from this premise and Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah sees God, the father, and he sees God on his throne and it's, it's crazy and God is highly exalted. And Isaiah's response is God is holy, holy, holy. So if you're holy, holy is is the absence and the separation of evil, right? So God it can't be around evil. Right? If you're going to be in the presence of God, you better you better be a holy person and you better be a sinless person if you're going to be in the presence of God. Now, the problem is live for 2 seconds and you realize that we're not sinless live for two seconds and realize that we struggle with holiness and we struggle with this. And so God sets up a way in the Old Testament. I mean, you see this in Genesis 3, right? Where where an animal is shed and the people and Adam and Eve are covered in the skins of animals to cover themselves before God. So you see the sacrificial system that's being set up, which by the way, makes sense in the New Testament, right? Romans 3.23 says that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, Right? So, so it is the history, the Bible, it's the story of the Bible. That in order to be before God, I mean, I mean, what is, um, I'm going to look up this verse, so you're going to hear me type in, and I should know this verse, but without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, right? That's what the Bible um, says, it's Hebrews 9.22, right? Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So here you have the tabernacle set up, and there is an altar immediately built, because if you are going to go into the presence of God, blood had to be shed for your sins, Right. And now now here's the thing. The sacrificial system served a purpose. It was there for a time. But ultimately, animals could not provide the ultimate cleansing of our sin. Right. Ultimately, the price was was still on us to pay. And, And that is why it's so beautiful. Man, it's so beautiful when you read the Gospels in light of Exodus 27 right here, when you read the Gospels in light of Leviticus, because it takes on such a new meaning when John sees Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I mean, that just opens our eyes to see, oh my gosh, I see what Jesus is doing. But Because see here, the great high priest, he would have to, or the high priest would have to make a sacrifice before he could enter into the Holy of Holies. That's what he would do. Where we have a great high priest who makes a sacrifice, he sacrifices himself to God. God saw his sacrifice as pleasing and acceptable because Jesus was the perfect spotless lamb without sin and God raises his son up from the grave. And so, just like the priest in the Exodus 27 would eventually be able to go into the holies of holies because a sacrifice was made for him, we can enter into the presence of God because a sacrifice has been made for us. And, and by grace through faith in Christ, we've been accepted into all that God has for us. And uh oh man, that just gets me so pumped. And that gets me so excited to see. And so it's beautiful here to see God is setting up a tabernacle. He wants to dwell with His people, but God is holy and His people are not. So. In In order for the people to be with God, in order for the priest to be with God, blood has to be shed. And you look, and they continually, continually did this. Yet Jesus comes. He's our great high priest. He doesn't kill a lamb, but he becomes the lamb of God. Perfect, spotless, sinless, and he sacrifices himself for you and for I. So uh, because of the blood of Christ, because I'm covered in the blood of the lamb, I can enter into the presence of God with boldness and with confidence. And so, ah, oh, such a beautiful picture. So, man, I hope you're seeing that the gospel is not just shown in Exodus 14 when they go through the Red Sea. But even here, we see hints and we see pushing toward the gospel, even in the instructions for the tabernacle, which is absolutely amazing. So, man, I hope that encourages you today. I hope it encourages you to read the Old Testament in light of Jesus and reading it as if you're looking for Jesus and looking how it points us towards Jesus. Because, uh, man, Romans 1, Verse 3, what does it say? That, that Paul is speaking to them the good news that was told from them concerning uh, the prophets and the scriptures, that this news and this word is all about Jesus, even in Exodus 27, as it points us into the Lamb of God. So I hope
0: that encourages you today. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 615 15.